Well, welcome, Diana, to Live Your Life with Purpose podcast. Uh, super excited to be here. We met, what, maybe four years ago? I think it's five. five. Four or five, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, probably five now. And mm -hmm. uh, so Diana and I met when um, I was at a place working out that had closed and we went to a new facility and, mm -hmm. you know, met some incredible people there. And so... Uh, Going back to just that, I mean, talking about uh, working out and all of that, when did, how long had you been doing CrossFit when we met? You... That was uh, time zero. <laughs> oh, really? So you had just started, basically? Yeah, yeah basically, I remember, um, you know, after I had children, I felt like I needed to do different things to work out and maintain the level of fitness that I wanted for myself. And mm. so, um, Mark, you know, my husband, he kind of, he didn't really have like a workout routine and I can't remember which one of us, um, you know, we started, we started looking into things and, and mm -hmm. one of us said, well, what about CrossFit? I think we would kind of like that. And, and then it just started. We kind of looked for a place that could accommodate our schedules best and, you know, and talk to some people and that's where, how we landed there. And then, yeah. you know, that's it. <laughs> and so what, what would you have done prior to CrossFit? I mean, or prior to kids, you know, you know I was a you... runner mostly. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I've always been in, involved in sports, you know, growing up and everything. Um, I played soccer and basketball and softball. I danced. I mean, you may, yeah. I kind of tried all. The so you were always things. active, right? Always active. And then in high school, it continued in college. I actually was on a division one track and field team. I didn't hmm. run anymore at that point. I was just in the field, um, events. So I did mm -hmm. the discus and the weight and the hammer throw, um, and, you know, so after that, when I graduated and I was like in the real world, I just continued running for the most part. I started mm. doing some longer road races, like half marathons. I did one marathon with my, my younger sister. Mm. Um, that was a lot of fun, but then, you know, the kids came and I needed to do something that was more efficient. Like I couldn't just take, go off running for hours. Like you just, you didn't have that kind of time anymore. And <laughs> no you know more what time. I'm I was talking with uh, Aaron from Wingman and, and one of the things that he said is, you know, certainly as a kid, you know, we all grow up playing sports, but yeah. what is there for adults other than like beer league stuff that is kind yeah. of out there? That's really, it's some athleticism, but it's not really yeah. geared towards fitness and, mm -hmm. uh, um, and yeah, it's, it's been a concise way to work out but not spend your entire time like mm -hmm. dedicated to uh, to this activity because you got bigger priorities, right? Yeah, the more more priorities. <laughs> you gotta find time for it all. <laughs> I needed an efficient way to maintain my fitness. That's like I'm all about efficiency. How can I get the most from my time? <clears throat> the most out of your hours, right? You only have yeah. 24 hours in the day. So you know, I tell people, <laughs> especially if you're not taking care of yourself, then you leave that to the back and uh and and then you can never find the time to do it. And so you mm -hmm. always have to plan it out and figure out you know again what are you going to do for yourself when are you going to fit that in what does that look like yeah. and and go from there so how has um how has the past year been for you I mean when we stopped I think we both stopped working out right around the same time which has been mm -hmm. so stressful you know mm -hmm. um and such a break from routine and yeah. uh you know yeah have one of the things that I always looked forward to was waking up regardless if I wanted to or not, and then going to the gym and then feeling mm -hmm. amazing afterwards. And then when mm -hmm. you're home and you don't have all of that, it's like, mm -hmm. okay, how do I still maintain that routine so that I feel good? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's really been an interesting year from I'll just, you know, focusing on the, the working out part alone, you know, when everything happened like a year ago, I felt like this incredible instinct to just hunker down and protect my family mm. and protect my kids from whatever this was happening. And yeah. I, unfortunately, 
I'm getting better at this, but when, when things kind of get out of control, the first thing I give up is myself. I like, mm. like I'll give up my exercise, my eating everything to take care of them. And, and so I really, I actually did like, it was almost like a reaction, like, you know, my anxiety mm -hmm. and everything, it was a reaction, like just focus on the kids. They're at home now trying to do school online. I'm trying to work from home. I can't see past that just, you know, and I just stopped and I, I knew it wasn't good for me and I didn't really want to, but I felt like I, I couldn't do, I couldn't continue. Like that wasn't important at that moment. Yeah. You know? And you know, what's amazing is, is that like, that's a great point because you as an individual who always looked at this and say, okay, I need this for myself. I do this for myself. I want this for myself, especially in the time during the, you know, kind of COVID first came out. Mm -hmm. even already having that habit and that routine broke for you. And so oh, yeah. if you, can you imagine if you didn't have that habit and that routine, what that then looks like? And so you wonder why people this past year have been so stressed. And so, because yeah. one, not only are you dealing with all of these different things, like working full time and helping your kids remotely in school like yeah. i don't there's not two of me i don't know what to do yeah. right yeah. and then and then thinking about taking care of yourself and so and so now you understand like it's 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 really really clear how much people have suffered over the past year oh yeah and i mean i had a solid routine for over solid. a year i mean i was a 5 a.m or hardcore and i was in the best shape of my life when the pandemic hit, I had like, I was yeah. eating good. I felt great. I was exercising, you know, four times a week. And I just, I was on autopilot in that place and it was great. And then that happened and, and yeah, I just kind of let go. And then at some point, you know, because I started to, when the kids schools closed and they came home and the three of us, we were home all day together and trying to balance their school online and my work. And I, I, I had to find a way to get them moving again too, because mm. all of their extracurriculars, everything just stopped. And so we would have, I would have like, you know, our physical activity time and no matter how bad they complained, we went outside and we got on bikes or we went on a Good. walk and slowly I said, all right, I'm going to start running. And I kind of went back to like my comfort of like, mm. I know I can run. I don't need anything to do that, just myself and sneakers. And mm -hmm. the kids would go on their bike and we have a great neighborhood for that. So we, I would tell them, all right, you guys go and mm -hmm. mommy's just gonna follow you and whichever way you wanna ride your bike. And then they were like, oh, this is cool. We, we get to decide. And, and so I started incorporating like my exercise again um, with them. And then I didn't feel like bad that I was trying to do something for myself because I saw it as something they needed too. And we kind of just did it together, you know, but that's so a great, that, you know, and that right there is a great point, right? Like you, these things do not have to be mutually exclusive. You don't yeah. have to, you know, focusing on you and your health and you're moving and, and what's good for your yeah. mental, you know, state and your physical state doesn't have to exclude anybody else. Right. And, and that's the fun thing about it is that, you know, we can all go for a walk as a family yeah. after dinner, you know, and still have some of that stress relief. Some have some of that kind of quiet time. Maybe somebody can listen to headphones, whatever they want to yeah. do, but you can do this as a family. And, and yeah. now not everyone has that ability to, to be in a neighborhood where they can go around and, and walk and all of that other stuff. Yeah. But it's just, uh, you know, maybe you can go to a park or whatever it is and just find some time to, you know, sometimes bring all of those things together, but still do what you need for yourself. Yeah. And we also, you know, and, and you bring up like doing things as a family. So CrossFit started Mark and I together, like we were in it together. And that was a huge bonding thing for us because mm -hmm. as parents of young kids it's like your time together if you don't try it really hard it goes out the window and so it was something that we were that we both enjoyed we both had interest in we had fun you know sometimes we would work out together yeah. um if we could compete against each other you know and it, there was just like a lot of fun with that so there's a lot of fun things that that came from it yeah that you did yeah. together and that made you you know it wasn't just like you did crossfit it was a couple thing yeah you know? 
Yeah, and, and the kids for Kathy too. And the kids too. got into it. Yeah, the kids got there's into There's nothing. It. There's nothing more than I enjoy watching than like when your girls would come in or Andrew yeah. would bring her kids in, and they would just watch or they would do a burpee or they would do whatever, and it's just like they're mimicking what you're doing and so yes. the more you pay attention to that right mm -hmm. like the healthy habits and routines that you give yourself yeah you also then just naturally give them to your kids as well yeah they watch you like a hawk and actually that's when i there was a few times during crossfit workouts that that became so real for me you know they would go home later and then we had like little kid versions of crossfit stuff like a little box for box jump and barbell you know like plastic stuff not even weighted yeah um, no, all of all that fun stuff and they would go and they would start doing the same workout and they're like mommy look and i thought to myself like they they are trying they're trying to do that too and and you know kind of thinking about I have two girls, you know, and like being a role model for them and being, you know, a successful female with a career and a family is super important to me. So I realized like, wow, I'm showing them that that's important too. And they're, they're catching on to that. And that mm -hmm. made me really happy because, you know, as a family, we do try to emphasize like health and fitness and making smart choices for your, your body and like your health. So Good. I was going to ask if, if that's something that obviously I know you do that for yourself. How do you then, you know, kind of bring that through, you know, for the whole family? Yeah. So I, I, um, just by nature of how kind of things fall out in house responsibilities, I do most of like the meal prep and kind of grocery shopping and cooking. I like, I enjoy food. I love eating. Right. <laughs> I love food. And, um, you know, I remember growing up and it, it was, it was a lot of times, like, I don't, I'm not trying to blame my parents or anything, but like, it was kind of like a free for all with snacks and stuff. Like, I don't remember really having like set, um, discipline and I, I don't feel like I've really struggled in life with my weight overall, but I do tend to kind of really fluctuate, um, mm. especially before CrossFit. And I, I don't, um, you know, I thought I really want my children to understand food as a fuel and, and that, you know, the importance of feeding your body properly so that you have good health and that you feel good. And, mm. and, um, you know, so they're at the age now where uh, they'll ask me for a snack and I'll say, well, what do you think you should have for a snack? And they'll come up with their own little idea. And, and we talk, we talk about proteins and carbohydrates and fat and they they see my my fitness pal app where i track my macros and they're they know you know they're like well how do you know and why especially g because she's you know she's eight and a half she asks about those things and she tries to like come up with snacks or meals that are balanced you know and not just all carbohydrate but she understands like i need something fresh and like a yeah. fruit or a vegetable and like rounding out her choices so that you know i just try to get them involved they like being in control and making decisions so the more i can like i, I think that. that goes for any kid right like anyone all the way through like they're trying to impress you they're trying to especially all the way through be this person and do all of this different stuff and so yeah like let them have a choice it's you know but it's like as long as, you know, it sounds like you do a really great job of helping them kind of navigate those choices, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, they need and, help. And well, of course. <laughs> I mean, you know, if, listen, if I had to, if I had everything that I wanted when I was, you know, 10 through 18, like, it yeah. wouldn't be a good thing for me. You know what no. I mean? Like we have to, we're always going to test boundaries as an adult. Yeah. We should always test boundaries, but it gets harder and harder to do new things. Um, but as a kid, certainly they're testing boundaries. They don't know what's, you know, where, where to stop, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, it, that's, uh, yeah. That's Especially Bella with candy. My God, she has such a sweet tooth for sugar, like straight sugar, sour oh, patch, have, Skittles. Like <laughs> I used to, I remember as a kid, I, um, I loved fluff, like in, like in, in hot chocolate. Yeah. 
And I would just go sometimes and I would grab a spoon and I would dip it in the fluff and, and then I would eat it. And my mother so would be it, like, yeah. that is horrible. She'd tell me I'd get worms in my stomach to stop, <laughs> like anything to have me just stop eating sugar. Oh, I do the same thing. Mark came home yesterday with Cadbury mini eggs. The end of me. Like that is the thing <laughs> that I cannot walk away from. And yeah. I have to be honest, even growing up, I, I feel like I had a lot of candy and sweets and stuff. And I'm, and you know, we certainly let, like, I don't want to sound like that parent. We yeah. let the kids, you know, they indulge and we have hot chocolates and we'll have cake, you know, for birthdays and they'll have a bowl of yeah. ice cream. And, and, you know, but I try to teach them like, that can't be your staple. <laughs> you can't be every day. That's you can't be, yeah. Like it's, it's something, it's a treat. Yeah. And it's a treat. It. Exactly. And, you know, and, um, but yeah, with the candies, I still don't have good self-control of that. No, me, you know? no, I just, I can't buy it because if I, if I That's, do, then, then, it, you know, it'll be, it'll be gone, but I have the control to not buy it, to walk away from it. And stuff I can like do that, that as well. And then when your husband buys it and brings it home, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I felt bad. I always, I'm like, Oh God, why did you get that? I don't buy that. Yeah. It. Yeah. There's a reason they're not in the house. Oh, but you know, yeah. whatever. And so now are the, are the girls in school? Is it still remote? How is your, you know, how are you guys, you know, doing now, you know, kind of coming into year two? Yeah. So they have been full-time in person since the last week of August. Okay. Um, they do go to um, a smaller Catholic school in yeah. town and, and um this school was able to follow all of the guidance in terms of physical spacing and safety. They wear yeah. masks yeah. all day and, you know, they take them off for lunch or snack, you know, but at that time, everyone's distanced properly. And, and it has been such an amazing, I mean, I don't know what I would have done <laughs> if they weren't home because they're still young at the age where i mean they nobody you, wants right? to sit in front of a computer yeah. all day anyway but adults don't want to but never mind kids it's tough no so for them especially my younger one to sit in front of a computer because we've done that a few times in lieu of snow days mm. um i mean every few minutes mommy i need this mommy i need that and it's reasonable because of the age and just they're not familiar with navigating the different programs and stuff I mean, I can't get anything done for work when that's going on. So I don't really know what I'm happy that that all worked out. And we had been at the school for several years already. Yeah, so it wasn't yeah. like we just switched over this year. Um, yep. But And I know that for you, um, that had been a big decision, right? So you're, you're you know, a pharmacist uh, right at UConn. Mm -hmm. And yep. uh, congratulations. I know you just made tenure there. So uh, that's a huge <laughs> accomplishment. <laughs> um, and oh so we'll God. get into some of that. But like, so certainly for you, this whole experience is something that, you know, I'm sure was just like for the rest of us frightening, but, you know, being on the scientific and, you know, yeah. how, what was that like? I mean, you know, we all, you know, you hear different sides for different people, but if you go by the scientific numbers and listen to different yeah. things, um, you know, it's understandable why we did some of the things that we did, but mm -hmm. um, I'm sure sending your kids back was also uh, a tough decision, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I remember mm -hmm. the day last year that I looked at Mark and I said, if the schools don't close by Monday, they are not going anymore and they're mm -hmm. staying home. And I don't know what we're going to do and how we're going to do it, but I can't, I can't send them out there anymore. I felt like it was an unknown, like war zone. I mean, who, I had no idea. Yeah. We didn't know anything about this virus to inform the best way to behave in a safe manner. And I just, I, because of my work, I'm a very evidence-based thinker. And yeah. a lot of that has to do with the, the research that our group does and, and the type of work that I'm involved with. And, and, and as a medical professional, we are driven by the evidence and the science. And mm -hmm. I all of a sudden was in a position where I didn't know what the evidence or science, what nobody knew what it was. And so 
my like decision making mechanism was gone. And mm -hmm. and so I, I just felt like they just need to stay with me in this house, <clears throat> in my four walls here. And we need to wait until we understand more. And, and so that's, that's how I always approached this, this year and the choices that we made as a family mm -hmm. and what mm -hmm. we thought was best for us. But again, it's really consistent with, with the work that I, that I'm involved with professionally. So mm -hmm. it wasn't, um, and, and how I'm trained as a medical professional to think and, and make choices, um, based on the evidence and the data. Yeah. Well, and first off, thank you for all the work that you do and, uh, and all the work that you do to, you know, teach and educate, um, you know, certainly fantastic and, you know, really appreciate all of that. Um, you know, and I think, and I'm, and I'm interested to understand a little bit more about, you know, some of this stuff that you, you published, because I think that you did some, pub, you know, some things with asthma, correct? Mm -hmm. And um, as an asthmatic, you know, somebody that I've, I've had asthma since I was four, you know, I've had to deal yeah. with all of my life. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and so, and so what kind of got you thinking about the sciences, you know, kind of, pharmacy teaching like all of yeah. that I mean how did that kind of evolve for you was it was it always something that you had an interest in or did it develop later yeah so um it's really interesting I just had to actually put this down on paper um because of of something that I was nominated for at, at work and I I kind of um had to tell my story and just mm. what you asked <laughs> so um <laughs> It really honestly goes back to being a little kid. And, and it wasn't until I, I was, you know, I had to write this paragraph out recently that I realized that it really went back that far. I mean, I remember being a, a little girl playing school all the time and my parents' basement wasn't finished. They had just like, you know, the cement foundation walls. And I would just spend hours writing on those walls. Like it was my chalkboard with chalk and I had pretend students and and I remember then like certain moments in my life that I realized I was like teaching, but I probably didn't know it at that time. You know, mm -hmm. um, my parents immigrated here from Poland. Um, mm -hmm. So I am born as first generation American and um, they didn't really have a good handle on the language. So I remember sitting and using like my school workbooks and spelling books and helping my dad learn how to spell words and, and like improve. And, and then like in um, college in pharmacy school, you know, I was kind of like the, the one in our group where people would be like, die, you can explain this really well. Like, what do I need to know? And I would just mm. say, and they're like, oh, I get it. You know? And, and I just, I, I remember now these moments. And when I was um, in pharmacy school in our, your last year of the curriculum, you go through different experiential rotations. So hands-on learning, you're out there doing things. And one that I picked was academia because I thought I realized like I really like teaching like I mm. think I would like to be a college professor and take my degree in that direction and after that rotation I'm like yep that's it and then I did what I had to do I did some postgraduate training to get more of that experience um, to be qualified and hired into that position and then it's like history from there and you know people ask me you know about work and and if I like it and honestly it's like I feel like I live my dream. I, mm. I feel like this is not work. I love what I do and it's fun. And sure, I have bad days, but you know, yeah. everyone does, but I feel like I landed where I'm meant to be. And that's an amazing, it's an amazing feeling to do things and to be involved in things that gives you energy versus draining your energy, right? Mm -hmm. Like you love what you do from teaching and regardless of how much stuff comes in front of you, yeah. um, it's hard to get discouraged because it's like, I love this. It's what yeah. drives you, it, what gives yes. you energy and you find time for those things. And when you're, when you're not finding time for those things, everything else just, it takes energy away from you, right? Like it's, it's, you know, you start doing things and it's like, 
you're resentful for it because oh, I have to do this mm -hmm. versus, oh, I want to do this. Yeah, I'm tired. Everyone's busy. No one's not busy. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but are you busy doing the things that you want to be doing for the reasons that you want to be doing them? Or are you busy doing things that other people want you to be doing? And, and yeah. that, you know, when you take that approach and you have found that, that passion, you know, that thing that, that really makes you tick. Yeah. Um, because I, and I say this to everyone, that we all have something special inside and it's just mm -hmm. us for up to us to discover, to develop, and then to give that back to people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would never stop teaching, you know, even though I'm, I'm pretty heavily involved on the research end too. It's the teaching that brings me joy in my job, mm. you know, and I'd always pick that over any other responsibility um, that that I have in, you know, on my work. Yeah. Now, a couple of years ago, you got nominated for I don't know the exact thing that you that uh, um, that you had posted, uh, but maybe you can tell me a little tell us people a little bit about, you know, uh, what got published for you. Yeah. So, um, you know, I work in a group of researchers and we're a team. We're very much a team. So um, and and we do research um, related to different health outcomes. I'm not really focused on any specific disease state per se, but we were an evidence based practice center contracted with um, the Agency of Healthcare Research and Quality. So the federal, you know, federal program and our group was considered, you know, there's one of many across the country, but we were considered like an independent body that could synthesize research and evidence to come up with kind of like the main conclusions of what is known about a certain topic. So our topics varied based on who needed the work, you know, so hmm. some of the, the asthma papers you were referring to, um, those were actually research questions that, um, that the National um, Institute of, of Health um, needed to answer to help update guidelines that they, they support for the management of asthma in this country. Mm. So they were drug-related research questions or a couple of others that were related to other procedures and things. But our group had primarily focused on drug um, effectiveness and safety for our research work. So um, I, I was the lead on that project and, and that, I mean, I remember the day, I, I have these very distinct memories, the day that our directors came in to the office and they were like, die, you got it. <laughs> like, mm. what are you talking about? They're like, we got, you know, we, we won that proposal, like you got it. And that day changed the rest of my, my career. Um, that was really the linchpin for all of the work that followed and the publications that followed and the awards that followed that really helped, um, I think, um, finalize, you know, my, my portfolio for my tenure decision and everything, because it was really high level work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the papers got published in the third highest ranked internal medicine journal in the world. So it's, I mean, I think that is, that was my peak. I don't know, maybe something new will come along and I'll top that, but I don't know. I don't think I can. I don't know that I have it in me to go to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it's great. And, and, and certainly congratulations on all of that. But I, I would imagine that it's always been this kind of like, <clears throat> did you have these kind of higher ideals of, of what you were trying to push for what you were looking for from yourself, then that's kind of has all of that drove you to then take on these different positions, be, be able to become the lead in that in that group and, and different things. I mean, these things just don't happen by accident. <laughs> and so and so I just said, you know, how did you drive this type of thing for yourself? You know, um, I was surrounded by good mentors that believed in me and put, you know, gave me the opportunity because they believed that I could do it. And it took me a second to believe myself. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that project was a tremendous amount of professional growth for me. 
but I looked back at it and I was so proud of our group and of myself for being able to do, I did it. Like I, that, yeah. at that point, then I said to myself, you know what? I believe them now I can do this. And, and it kind of just like opened my floodgates and mm-hmm. gave me confidence, um, to continue on. And, and it can was, you it was cool. now just think about like, that's an amazing place to get to. And can you imagine giving or being able to get to that place earlier in your life? Like, you know, that's one of the things that I always loved. There's a Miley Cyrus song that I, I tell people about all the time that I'm not this huge Miley Cyrus fan, but there's a song that says, you know, something to the effect of my mom always said that I could so that I did. And, yeah. you know, and that's just such a powerful statement, right? Like we all have the ability to achieve whatever it is that we want inside of us and the more support that we get the more encouragement that we get to try something to take this first step to fail yes you know because without without doing that right but without (laughs) without any of that then you wouldn't have been able to say okay well that didn't work now let me you know focus my attention failure didn't mean you stopped failure just meant that that direction wasn't the right one oh yeah oh absolutely and i remember seeing so prior to getting that contract I can't tell you how many we had submitted and were, we weren't chosen. And it got to the point where it started becoming tiring because mm-hmm. it's like you put all this work and effort into your proposals and they were really fast turnaround times um, from like the release of the call for the proposal to the deadline. And we were making collaborative groups of experts across the country, like within a three week time period, that's that's extremely difficult to do because everyone has their own priorities. And, Mm -hmm. and I just remember it being so tiring and just feeling like talking to my, my, like, I'll say my best friend and best, you know, coworker, um, look, talking to him and just saying like, I don't know how many more of these I have in me, if this doesn't hit soon. And, and And we kind of both felt that way. And then but you're right. Like you just had to, we, we continue to reflect on, okay, well, what do you think went wrong with this one? Like, why don't you think we got it? What could we improve for the next time? And I remember seeing a quote, I'm a very like spiritual person. So I like, I like quotes and like, I have certain ones written that I'll remind myself of and, and everything. And uh, there was one that said, if the door doesn't open, it's not your door. And, and after, and I saw that right before I submitted this, this asthma project, I said, you know what, the right one's going to open when it's my time, when it's my turn, it's going to happen. And it was that next proposal. And I just felt like this is it. This is going to fling me right to where I need to happen. That (laughs) just made everything in my body go tingly because, (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, because that's, that's an amazing thing for people to understand is, is that, you know, you try and, but you're learning all of these different aspects, like, right. I mean, it's not like you submitted all these different papers and you didn't learn anything from it. You know, again, you went back and you were just like, okay, well, we didn't get that. What could we have done differently that maybe would have got that. And so the evolution allows you to know that, it's not a matter of when, if it's just a matter of when, right? Yes. Like this is yeah. going to happen and I'm going yeah. to make this happen. Yeah. Um, and it's really, but it does get discouraging. Me. Yeah, it, it is, but it's helped me. Like, so I'm a, I'm such a planner. This is like a weakness of mine. It's a strength and a weakness. Like I would like to have my whole entire life planned mm. <laughs> right now, you know, and it's, but COVID helped me understand that that's really not always great. And like, I need to be more flexible and, and really like that whole process um, has helped me feel okay with not knowing exactly what's coming next, but mm-hmm. kind of knowing that when the, I know this sounds like cheesy, but when the stars align, like it'll be right and, yeah. and things will fall into place. And I know I'm capable, I work hard and it's, it's going to happen kind of thing. I've been become okay with feeling that. Well, and that's the, and that's the allowing things to just go the way that they're intended, but knowing that I do all of the work that allows me to know that again, these things are coming my way. And it's just a matter of letting, letting things evolve, letting things develop. Um, 
Yeah, no, that's super powerful. And I'm right there with you. I think that the world is made up of energy. And yeah. I think that it's up to you to control that energy from, you know, within yourself. And, mm -hmm. and, and again, <clears throat> you look back and it's just like, oh my God, that just happened. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't just happen. You having these yes. thoughts, like this next one is it. Well, you felt that way because you've been doing all of these different things and just all of a sudden you start to feel much better about like, Hey, I think that we really have a shot with this. Yeah. Yeah. And, nice. and I also think that even like CrossFit and different physical activities, the more we push ourselves to do things that we don't necessarily want to do in the moment, but we'll understand the benefit and the payoff maybe six months down the road, Later, maybe yeah. a year down the road. We don't always know when that payoff is going to come, but you know, it's just like somebody who's, who's trying to lose weight and they get stuck for a couple of weeks and then all of a sudden it, it goes back. It's just mm -hmm. sometimes you have to let things catch up. And so you will, yeah. you do these things and then you just allow time to be able to catch up to you. Yeah. Well, it makes a whole lot of sense in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. So what does this year look like for you? I mean, what do you guys, you know, I mean, how, as things start to loosen up, what are your yeah. thoughts uh, with how you're going to, I guess, continue to evolve as a role model for the kids, for yourself, like, you know, any, any things on the horizon that you're thinking of, or just trying to stay, you know, kind of doing some of the things that you're doing now? Yeah, I feel like, um, I've kind of come full circle. Like I'm no lot, you know, I went through this phase over the past year, you know, like I explained earlier, when everything happened, I kind of like quit everything and just like hunker down for my family and my kids. And then slowly I started like finding myself again. And, um, and it, I have extra confidence now. Luckily I ha I am vaccinated, you know, and I'm very happy about that. And, and so it kind of takes some of the anxiety away from, for me anyway, of like, well, if I try to do this now, is that really a safe choice or not? And, um, mm -hmm. So I, I feel like I'm starting to like, for myself, I'm starting to pull myself back together. And like at the start of the year, um, I made a commitment to try to become better at setting personal goals because I'm really good, probably because we have to do these things at work. <laughs> I'm setting like professional goals for ourselves for the year and for like the next three to five years, but I never did that personally. And, and I realized, Most people you know, don't. You yeah, know, it's amazing how many people, you know, I work with a couple of different people and, you know, they've got their whole weeks planned out. And then you start talking about your personal life. And it's just like, and it's just like, well, isn't that more important really than work? And, and, yeah. and it is the work is defining for us and it's extremely important, but our personal stuff is more important. You know, taking yeah. care of you is more important than anything else. Taking care of your kids is more important than work and then work gets in yeah. there. And, uh, and yeah, that's the first thing that we should you know, kind of focus on. Yeah. And I, like I said before, when, when things go crazy, the first thing I do, it's like a mechanism. It's like an automatic mechanism I have is like, I give up on the things that I would normally do for myself. I feel like partially guilt, you know, like I, I can't do that. I don't have the time for that. This needs me more. Mm -hmm. I'll give up what I did for mm -hmm. me. And I've reflected a lot on that at the start of the year, because I felt like ready to get myself back to what, where I was happy, you know, just like mentally, physically, everything. Yeah. And I started, you know, I mean, I have my little planner thing here and like the first things, like my first goals were literally like, eat enough and drink enough water in your day, yeah. you know, and then it, and then it became, um, you know, okay, track your macros again and try to hit your macros most days of the week. And then it became, okay, now we're going to try to do three workouts a week. And like slowly every week I saw that I could like build and I realized this is kind of like what I do for work. Why the hell haven't I ever done this for myself? <laughs> and, and now it's like every Sunday, I look forward to sitting down and I look at my next week. I'm like a weekly thinker. Yeah. Like I, I, I can't no, do day-to-day -day planning. I, I tell people week. to sit down, plan for like an hour on the weekend 
and yeah. say, what's a successful week look like for you? Yes. And just plan it out. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and wonderful. it's like, it makes you intentional with your time. It makes me more intentional with my time. Like I know what my work things are and what my personal things are. And, um, it's just, it's, it's been really good. It's really it allows, it allows that. you to, you know, still have all of the personal stuff, but you eliminate a lot of distraction that comes into your world. We all have distraction yeah. that comes into our world and, yeah it allows you to be cognizant of, well, I want this versus that. And so I'd rather make this choice than that choice. Absolutely. And And, you know, I have a horrible, I've always been really bad at work-life balance. I mean, I mean, after having kids, it's gotten a lot better and I'm kind of, I'm not new at my job anymore. So I, I have a good handle on my time management at this point, but my work-life balance used to be a mess and Mm. I would just constantly work and I was very devoted to it. And then when, so I, I've gotten better and then COVID happened. And now all of a sudden work is in home and I lost my balance, Balance. you know, because my computer is always here. My laptop is always here. Oh, let me go just take care of that for a second. Or, and I started pulling time away from my kids or my personal things or my exercise, because I knew I could just quickly take care of that. And, and having this like focused planning makes me put in the work things, but then it's like, I feel like I can make a more clear boundary of work ends here. And then my other life begins and I'm much better with that. You know, I needed that boundary. I don't know. It took writing it on paper. So powerful because then not only do you have that, but then at the end of the week, you get to reflect on, I wanted to do all of this. Mm-hmm. This is what I wrote down that I was going to do. How did I, how did I do? Because yeah. if you just keep all of these things in your head, the reality is, is that your thought of how well you did versus the actuality of how well you did are going to be yeah. two different things. And so having things down on paper allows you to be just a little bit more realistic with yourself about mm-hmm. where things went. And again, you're not turning this in. This is, <laughs> this is just yeah, for you. Great, my planner. <laughs> <laughs> no one needs to see that. <laughs> but it is just for you. This is just for, for you. And yeah. if you don't do something, it's not like anything's going to happen. It's just, I didn't do it this week, but right. if I wanted to, then how do I, how do I make that happen next week? Right. And like for the first time, I mean, I'm looking at my page now, you know, I had to, I had, I wrote like my, my game changer goal. Like, what is it? And in, in on January 8th, I wrote fitness and like all the things that I needed to do to achieve that. And, and I've checked them like all off, but it was really important for me to like itemize you know, use my app for calories, eat clean meal plan, lift weights again, hit my macros, drink less wine is on there, you know, sleep (laughs) enough. Yeah. And, and it's just, you know, I'm like, wow, I did it. And for the first time in my life, I have like very long-term personal goals, you know, like my one year or three year goals. And Mm. I can, I nail down like milestones in the future that Mark and I have, you know, whether it's Jeannie's braces soon or some sort of vacation that we'd love to go on. It's like you materialize it and it's like they're written on paper and now you like just have to get there. Now you can plan it out. Okay. If this is what we want, how do we put actionable steps in place in order to be able to make that happen? And the more that we keep in front of us, the more that we're able to handle. And, but the less that we keep in front of us, the more that we think about it, we keep it on our head and we're always busy because we're always tired because we're always thinking about something that we're always forgetting. It's reality. But when you write these things down, you can take all of the pressure off of your head because you put things down on paper, you give yourself a game plan and then you just Mm -hmm. need to follow it. And then that's that's the beauty of it. But you can- I mean, it's crazy. Like I do this for work all the time. It's like developing your own personal strategic plan. <laughs> yeah. you know? The more powerful thing about that is that when you hit these goals, you realize, and when you hit these different milestones, you realize that you were the person that brought you to these places. Yeah. Now there's probably a lot yes. of different people that helped you along the way, 
but you were the one who brought them, brought you there. And you're the yeah. only one that can bring you there. I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't, you know, if you have an idea of what you want for the, for your future, I can't, I can't drag you along to make that happen. Like you have no. to do that. Yeah. One of the best examples, you know, um, before we started this, I was telling you, we have some renovation happening in the house. And I mean, you know, when we bought our home, it was a great shell, but it needed update. I mean, it was just older. It was not to our taste at, in any mm -hmm. room, you know, so we've slowly over the years have like gone through things. And finally it was time for, you know, the master bathroom to be next. And it was just like the amount of money that we had to save to get that done. I'm like, this is never going to happen. And then mm -hmm. um, it was actually like a year ago where I started using this other like um, this other app for budgeting and stuff that just, it worked for me. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm, we're finally going to get there because I, I can, this is going to work for us. And, yeah. and it did. And we look back and I'm like, we did that. Like that was us. And I'm not the best at finance. Like I don't, I, I never sure. got into that stuff. And, and I still think in high school, they should have like mandatory classes like that. Like, like how to live your life, how to live your life, how to be fiscally responsible. Right. Yeah. But you're right. Like, and then the confidence that comes with the fact that we achieved that it was us. Like you're saying, it wasn't anybody else giving me money. It was our hard earned money. We wanted and this we for ourselves. So we figured out a way to save money each and every month in order to yeah. make that happen. If you yep. didn't do that, that, that renovation doesn't take place. Right. That's the consequence. It's like with my kids. It's all right. All right. You have a choice. If you want this, this is what needs to happen. Otherwise you're not going to have that. And that's the natural consequence, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I love it. And so, you know, I, I appreciate all of your time before we wrap up. I just want to talk just a little bit about, you know, work stuff and, and, mm -hmm. you know, you've achieved some amazing things. Um, yes. obviously it's a passion for you. Um, yes. but what else is next? Like, what are you kind of, uh, are there anything on the long-term things that, that you're excited about or that you're working on that you're excited about? You know, I'm kind of, it's kind of, it's been a weird year because of COVID. Um, it, it was difficult to like plan or to really make forward progress in a lot of ways um, yeah, with yeah. more long-term goals. We kind of, you know, at UConn, we went remote and um, this fall past fall semester is like a heavy teaching period for me. And mm -hmm. um, the university allowed each faculty person to make a decision as to how they would like to run their course, whether they're going to try to do it in person, fully remote. And of course, some, you know, within the school, we had discussions about that too, because there's some mm -hmm. practical classes that you cannot do online. Like it just doesn't work. Um, but, you know, so we really, like all of my attention and effort was put into adapting my course material to deliver in a completely online way. And, and I would imagine a lot of people were like that. How, how was that whole experience for you? It was super challenging. I never worked harder in my life at my teaching than, than that because everything just took longer. Like for me to even explain concepts or to do an exercise, like everything just took more time because I couldn't just show up in class and talk from my head, which I can do, but, but now we're in an online environment. So me just, you know, showing slides and talking, that's really boring. They're going to fall asleep or not pay attention. So I have yeah, to find more ways to engage and like everything just took longer. So but I, I missed being with them so much. Like I remember the first day of my class crying during my orientation. Cause I was like, I just really wish I was with you guys, but we're going to do, you know, I'm going to give you my best. I expect your best. And we're going to, we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. And, and it actually made me a better teacher though, because it mm. pushed me to do things differently. I had to try different things in order to achieve the level of, of success that I like to see in my teaching and my class. Mm -hmm. um, I tried different things and honestly, a lot of it was well-received and so successful mm. from even the student's point of view that I'm going to continue doing these things, even if we're fully in person in the fall. And, and so it made me overall better, I think. 
That's a great way to kind of take this experience in this negative capacity, right? Because COVID has been this negative experience for everyone and impacted people in tremendous, tremendous ways. Um, But to be able to pull something out of that positively for yourself that says, you know, because of this, I'm better at that. And um, that's huge. That's growth. That is always looking at like we all, and I had posted something that I, you know, it all rings true because if we can always push new boundaries, then we're always capable of achieving more. Right. Like, and that's the fun thing about just being human is that we can always push new boundaries. We can always try something new. We can always expand who we are. Oh yeah. Um, And so don't stop. No. And that happened, you know, as a pharmacist, I'm actually certified to vaccinate people. And in my role, I've never really found myself in a, in a place to actually do that in, in the job that I have. And so I've been certified for many years and I've never physically vaccinated anyone. And when COVID-19, when the vaccinations became real, I said to myself, like, this is it. I need to help. I want to be a helper. I'm going and I'm vaccinating and I'm going to find a way to do it. And it was just something that became so it it made me feel like more purpose and that I was helping. And, and I did, I've worked in the vaccination clinic a few times and vaccinated patients and prepared, you know, the doses and everything. And, but, but COVID made me do that, you know? And, and so um, it was like another, opportunity to push myself out there. And I was so scared. <laughs> I was so nervous, you know, but, to do that. And now just in, in, in that first step for anything is always terrifying, right? Oh yeah. But then once you were past that first step, how was it? It was, it was like clockwork and the patients, <laughs> oh my God, they, everyone, they were just, they thanked you up and down. Like, thank you for giving me that vaccine mm. and thank you for being here. And working in those clinics is extremely tiring. I mean, that those days where I was there, we had somewhere between 700 and 900 appointments and it is just fast one after another, after another. And, and so that just becomes tiring, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but to see how happy everyone was to be there. And I was there at a time where it was primarily like older individuals were eligible and, and it was a moment for them. Mm -hmm. You know, they came there dressed their best and they were so proud to be getting vaccinated and that just made me so happy that I could do that for them and imagine if you hadn't overcome that fear and you know stood was just like ah no I I don't think I'm gonna do that yeah Um, you would never have been able to give that to yourself yeah and that's and that's really what it is like how what a great experience to really to give for yourself. Yeah. I would have definitely been disappointed in myself if I didn't push because I haven't felt like a push like that in my career in a little while. Mm-hmm. So it's good, you know, to make yourself feel like it's good to be uncomfortable. <laughs> Do I still have this? Being uncomfortable. <laughs> well, that's it. Like being uncomfortable just means that like something new is happening. And yeah. so being uncomfortable is not a bad thing. It just, yeah. it's, it's just a, it's a, it's an opportunity to take a pause and that's yeah, it. For sure. So. Well, listen, I think that that's an amazing place to, to end this, um, you know, talking about what an amazing um, uh, uh, thing to kind of push yourself out of a comfort zone. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, uh, I want to thank you for all of the work that you do. Um, you know, you're, you're a huge role model, even, even at the gym uh, for others, uh, you're always somebody that, you know, people look up to and aspire to. So, you know, thank you for pushing yourself and doing the things that you do and being vocal and expressive about your opinion, as well as, um, you know, just being this educator out there doing uh, great work and, uh, uh, you know, bringing our future, future students, um, uh, you know, just giving them that same opportunity. So thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks for asking me. It was fun. You know, my first podcast in life. So there's a new thing too. (laughs) It's all about new things, right, Diana? (laughs) New things. Excellent. Well, again, thanks so much and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, Scott.